0: You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We, the, nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things stars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 365. We're discussing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and also the whole franchise. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Ian. And Ian, my friend, we're talking about Indiana Jones today. We're going to take a big step back, talk about our experiences with this, how nostalgic really plays a role in this fifth movie for us, this franchise ending movie, potentially, in the Dial of Destiny And I just got to point out one thing before I introduce a very special guest here. This is episode number 365, which means that you can sit down and on every single day of the year, you can listen to a Nerd Room episode. If you start from episode one, you can come until July 4th, Independence Day down in the States, 2024, and you'll have an episode for every single day of the year. So that was something that just rattled around my brain. I just want to throw that out there. But enough of that let's talk some indiana jones and you know what we had to bring a man here that was just a tad younger than ian and myself just to talk about what this character means to someone that is just a little bit removed from maybe experiencing those films in that same capacity that ian and i did so welcoming back to the nerd room we have got our good friend our brother in podcasting from vigilante 1939 we've got our boy zetti Zeddy, how is it going my friend
1: Hello, hello. Always happy to be here, guys. And may I say, Tim and Ian, congratulations on 365 episodes. Wow, what a feat. Some people say when you get to 200, that's enough. But wow, 365. Congratulations. Yeah, we're, we're
0: going for the forever podcast there is go. the goal. Just infinity <laughs> gonna be on one of these uh you know we're gonna be like harrison ford you're gonna say oh no his career was oh, done 25 years ago oh, nope forever i'm gonna be 80 years old and still behind this mic and people are gonna be like what are you doing here i'm gonna be like you know what i feel good about the story so i'm here podcasting about it i'm gonna put a little little capper on here and then 15 years later i'm gonna revisit the exact same character and do it again so ian my friend you got Indy on, on tap for tonight but how are you doing this fine morning over in Japan
2: yeah good man good same old same old chugging along with adult life paying those bills Uh, but other than that yeah it's been a good week man just the fact that Indy came out been looking forward to to seeing this movie uh Indy definitely has a special place in my heart so really excited to talk about that and other than that yeah it's been a really really fun week yeah like lots of spidey stuff's been coming in been getting a bunch of spidey t-shirts um my wife's been kind of criticizing how many i have uh, but yeah it's it's pretty cool and some nice figures came in i got like a, it was, i had a funny incident with a, a spider verse it was i don't know if you guys saw did you see the chinese promotional poster that they had it looked like the kind of ming dynasty and it was like a yeah. really cool mm. stylized poster it looked really cool i found one on like amazon and uh, so it's like proper professional print. And I got this thing ordered in and it took a few weeks to get here and I got it like a few days ago. And man, it's so bad. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a licensed poster and it came in, it came from China and man, some dude just gone on like Google images, got a JPEG and like it, it was printed on like this plastic look like a tablecloth i'm not even joking like it's like something like my grand used to have on a table to stop us making me- a mess when we were kids and like it's like textured it's like reflective so i can't i can't use it um but man yeah it was just super exciting to open it and then just looking at it and thinking what the hell is this
0: just devastation devastation <laughs>
2: <laughs> but funny thing is like i i actually asked for a refund through Amazon and then the the guy just contacted me and says like yeah I'll give you a refund and you don't need to send it back so it's like yeah. just shows how much it probably cost him to to make that thing Ugh. um but Ugh. yeah other than that life is uh happy man happy times all good how about you guys well, I'm
0: glad I'm glad, to, I'm glad to hear all of that guys I'm glad that everyone has just enjoyed day and date Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Like we we it's funny when you look back at this this last run of movies, and we've been slowly stepping through a few of these. The fact that we got a Fast and the Furious, a Transformers, Indiana Jones, a Marvel movie, a DC movie, a Pixar movie, all within the last couple of weeks, a live-action Disney movie. We got a Tom Cruise movie coming up here in another week or so. It's just been absolutely chaotic inside of this space. But I'm glad that we can sit here, the three of us, and just muse a little bit about the Indiana Jones franchise. And then we're going to, like I said, we're going to touch on the Dial of Destiny. We're going to go into too too much detail. We're going to have a general discussion about our thoughts and opinions on that one because I've really gotten into like an indie mode after seeing Dial of Destiny. I've consumed Crystal Skull, which we're going to touch on a little later, and Last Crusade. I'm kind of going backwards to the franchise, I guess. (laughs) Mm-hmm. As it be, because I want to really revisit Crystal Skull after watching Dial of Destiny, um, because I want to see, you know, the, often the criticism or whatever is always thrown at that one. It's like the first thing you see a lot of people say is, oh, this one, Dial of Destiny, is better than than Crystal Skull. And I, I don't love that, that comparison, so I want to go back and refresh myself. So we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the episode, talking about Crystal Skull. But let's dive into our individual histories with this franchise. This franchise kicked off in the 80s. We've got three films there that really filled out this Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Spielberg, George Lucas kind of creative circle. And it laid such a foundation for what eventually would become this epic, nostalgic, really pinnacle franchise buried under... Lucasfilm, or produced by Lucas Lucasfilm, I should say, adjacent to Star Wars. And really, it, it became Harrison Ford's character. As much as he is Han Solo, I feel like Indiana Jones was a character that he always loved playing he wanted to revisit he wanted to partake in telling the story developing this character and as we revisited it in 2008 and then now again in 2023 you know he has come back to this role all the way through his retirement years into now where he's 80 playing this character now let's let, let's let's spin this around Zeddy. i want you to talk about this character there's the franchise framed out in as few words as possible but what is it for you you're about 10 years younger than than ian and i and so i want to know mm-hmm. what your experience is it is because i i saw these kind of growing up into like my early like i was i didn't watch these like as they came out i was still too young for that but you know i saw them a you know a little earlier when i was about 10 and you were probably close to just being born mm-hmm. when i first saw these so like what's your experience with the indie franchise as a mm-hmm. whole
1: yeah, I mean, for me, it it really does kind of go back to Steven Spielberg, who obviously I think is probably my favorite filmmaker of all time. And mm-hmm. then just I really you know what? It's funny because I always remember this because I was really young at the time and I had we had just gone to Universal Studios uh, in Orlando. And I remember they had like this theme park attraction where they had all like, you know, these other like pop culture, like icon sets like, you know, there's a men in black. There's Terminator there's back to the future. You know, there's all these other ones. And I remember there was an Indiana Jones one, and I just remember, like, going to it and just being really fascinated and blown away at just, like, how cool, like, the reenactment was. Because they were, like, reenacting, like, an Indiana Jones, like, set of, like, him stopping a bad guy, you know, with the whip and all that other stuff. Like, it was really cool, especially being young at the time. So, I think, for me, it was just there's something about action pioneers that I always resonate towards. And there's just something about swashbuckling adventures just in general that I love hollywood really utilizing so to me it is it's like that you know it's that adventure that i love it's the thrill of those indiana jones movies that i like you know indiana jones you're right is so just crucial to hollywood action in general so um mm. i guess for me it was just being blown away by the sheer spectacle of how you know the how they have essentially got better within each you know each year and each decade goes on because um, it is something that As we've just proven what Dial the Destiny has proven to be like, it's not really something you can probably watch today and get into. It's kind of something that you would have to have maybe grown into. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just fascinating. So to me, it's just the thrill of the adventure. You're like, you know, Harrison Ford isn't my favorite actor of all time. I think he's a great actor. He's in in a lot of my favorite movies. Uh, But I I would just say it's just the pop culture uh, renaissance of Indiana Jones that I like.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really resonates with a lot of people, especially if you have seen those live-action Disney where he's running away from the boulder and mm-hmm. you get immersed in some of that environment because of it's present at the parks as well, in and around the U.S. parks specifically. I don't know if it's in as much as in the, uh, the Asian ones in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- there's something about Indiana Jones, this icon inside of film. And then you, when you pair him specifically with the likes of George Lucas and, and Spielberg, And Spielberg directing these movies all the way up until King of the Crystal Skull, like returning the franchise after decades like that. That's pretty cool. Him being a producer on Dial of Destiny. This is the first one that he hasn't directed and all that. And so there's so much legacy built into this and so much so many icons of the film going and filmmaking experience that have their hand very intimately on this property i think that also i love that that, that makes it special too mm-hmm. so so ian come and jump into this conversation here indiana jones for you where, where does this sit inside of your, your your film going and your growing up experience
2: yeah i think like Indy was probably one of my first ever heroes you know looking back at like photos when i was a kid i've got pictures of me in a superman uh, costume and pictures of me in an indy jones costume and they, they were the two that I kind of really grew up with when I was very young, uh, like you said, like they came out, you know, just before, um, around the time and just before I, I was born. Uh, but these are movies that low, like, you know, it was a familiar name in my household. I remember the the cassette, the VHS that we had in mm-hmm. my parents, they called it a pouffe I guess it's like a footstool and we used to pull it up and take the tapes out. And, and like I, you know, I used to get dressed up as Indy Jones, uh, for, for, um, you know events for fancy dress parties uh and he was always a a, you know you know for for kids it was quite scary but i watched those movies quite young Mm. um and it was just a character i instantly kind of connected to and i think it is just that whole idea of him going on these adventures and searching for treasure you know it's so appealing to children um but at the same time you know i think all different ages and all the audiences can really kind of Uh, connect with with this character and yeah like for me that's why this this new movie had such a you know got me so excited because I grew up with this character and it's always someone I I've always kind of had a a strong connection with and you you just always you see it's like it's like the Star Wars like Star Wars you just see everywhere even here in Japan like my supermarket plays the Indiana Jones theme song so every time really? I'm shopping for my groceries, they're yeah. playing Indiana Jones. And it's like the best, <laughs> it's the best song to, to go grocery shopping to. Like you're just yeah, like jumping experience. around, like grabbing <laughs> everything, going on adventures. Like you, your <laughs> cabbages are like picking up treasure and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, and even, even you said about the theme parks, like here in Japan, we have Disney Sea. And one of the, the most popular rides, and it is my favorite ride out of the two Disney parks here, is the Crystal Skull um attraction it is cool. it is by far the the best attraction so yeah you know for me i as i said i had a really strong connection to this character i think you know you can just see through time and you can just see the magic that's that's behind these movies and uh, i'm you know i was just really excited to see that carried forward into into this new one
0: yeah ab- absolutely and you know as you're talking there I'm, I'm thinking when you when you look at indiana jones and you think about like that 80s era of filmmaking and you Indiana Jones, E.T., Jaws. I know they're all Spielberg films. And then you start pairing them with, with some of these other big 80s franchises and even into the early 90s there as you, as we're all kind of growing up in that space. It's it's just Indy's always been there. Mm-hmm. And he, he's always provided this very cool sense of adventure. You get there and you get immersed inside of it. And the thing I love about all of the movies is that for the most part, every single one of those movies, because of its setting, you're never really taken out of the franchise because there's like, you're not looking at old technology like 90s or 2000s technology or something like that. Like this is all adventure in the jungle or wherever, right? And so this could be kind of set any time. But the thing I love about the setting is that they're all kind of in and around that early World War II frame, And so it touches on those specific elements of that era of World War Two. And you know, there's always the joke that like Indiana Jones is always going around punching Nazis. Like, right. I, I love that aspect <laughs> about Indy that he's out there just like that, like his arch nemesis, and he's always beaten the crap out of these guys. And like, it's just something and, you know, in Last Crusade, when he like runs into Hitler, like, it's, it's, it's such an odd way to make a film, but like to surround Indiana Jones with that setting but not have it be kind of overprinting the movie like they always miss the wartime and i guess dial of destiny is set kind of in the middle of it um but it that the era and its setting is i've always loved that aspect of it and kind of like i said you you get away into those adventures and you forget that you're watching a film that was made in the 80s like you Mm -hmm. you're just transported immediately to this could be happening right now in the amazon this could be indiana jones and I, I love those aspects and it's the mystery of it right you remember in that era of dan brown and all those mystery novels that kind of took off like indiana jones did this aspects of that decades before the popularization of of certain mystery elements in in that kind of space with the, the holy grail and the ark of the okay. covenant and, and these type of things like it was very very well done and constructed and then like you said Ian, come on guys the theme of this oh, yeah. like john williams of course like the man when it comes to scores and themes and you know you you you, you run out of fingers before you you got to all of the themes that you could hum in your head that are so significant but that john williams theme Ian, like you're hearing it in your grocery store is that something that you're just like as soon as you hear that you're transported right back into watching those indie films well yeah exactly and i think
2: that's that's it like it's it's just that such an iconic song and the funny thing is like my kids like i was walking home the other day and i started to hum it i picked up my my youngest from school she's six years old and she starts to hum it and she she knows the whole the whole thing song she's never seen the movie i'm like it's just so weird like how this this song is just so iconic and you know how so many people kind of just totally drawn in as soon as they hear this this song Uh, So, yeah, for me, again, it just it just takes you straight back to those early days of being a child and running around the garden with, you know, my whip like swinging off trees and stuff. And and, you know, that's what you really want from these kind of these kind of movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I always found and I I want you to, to comment on this. I always found that Indiana Jones, you know, some people always took it as like this is meant to be, quote unquote, grounded. Right. That term is thrown around like this is real. But I've always found that there is a level of that you need to go to where you need to suspend your disbelief, you need to just kind of let go, because certain things happen. And you just have to embrace that aspect of the indie films. Mm -hmm. Like the, I remember Temple of Doom scared the crap out of me as a kid when they reached into that dude's chest and pulled out a beating heart. Like that, like blew my brain apart when the Nazis faces melted in Raiders (laughs) of the Lost Ark freaked me out. Like, These movies, although framed up around potentially a four quadrants audience, there's elements of these stories like that are are layered. And then there's some just like horrific things like eating monkey brains (laughs) and like there's some pretty wild stuff inside of this. But that, I think, speaks to the level of of immersion that you just have to kind of let go and experience indiana jones you can't expect it to be like a mission impossible or something that where it's like maybe one step removed from reality this is several steps removed from reality at times and if you don't embrace that and you're looking for that grounded aspect of it i could see why people might get or might not view these movies in the same light that maybe we do
1: Mm. yeah i mean like he's you know he's a character where you know even though he looks like he you know he works at a museum i mean i think that's the that's the beauty of it right where it's um you kind of just do have to go into the movies just suspending your disbelief and there's something just kind of magical about Mm -hmm. uh you know bending the making of filming. you know while you're doing these kind of movies you know you look at yeah sure they might feel dated but you know there's a lot that really goes into you know making something like a swashbuckling adventure just feels so immersive like you say you know there's uh, the sound design, you know, the way that mm-hmm. the whip sounds when he's whipping it around, the way that a gunshot sounds, you know, whether he's just swinging off of trees, you know, there's, you know, the way that, you know, certain shots are framed when he finds that national treasure, you know, so there's, um, it's, it's, it's part of why, you know, Spielberg has it so light where it's like, you know, it's just, it's a movie that is made, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't, you can't make this movie on a green screen, you can try, but it, it's a movie that immerses you into like that world. And I think that's why it's so special.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree. Ian, talk, talk to me a little bit about that, like that level of immersion you have to go into to fully embrace and enjoy this franchise, I think as a whole, like across all five films.
2: Yeah. I think like, you know, uh, Zeddy definitely hit the, the nail on the head there. And I think, you know, I, I actually noticed that with the Dial of Destiny, just going in there and some of the stuff, especially like near the end of the movie and how mm-hmm. the dial works and stuff. Like I, there was a point where I was starting to question how this style is working and what it's doing and some of the the plot points that we'll probably touch on a little later. Uh, and then, you know, very quickly I kind of realized, you know, this is an indie movie. And it was the same when I kind of did a rewatch, you know, I went back and watched um all of the movies before watching this one. And there were scenes, even in the OG, the best ones in Lost. Yeah. You know, Lust Dark, and I'm watching. I'm like, oh, like I don't know if people would accept that these days. Like, you know, there are certain parts that I felt like they were. There's, there's even I noticed, you know, mistakes, like very clear errors uh whether it's through editing or they just didn't notice these things and they're things I never noticed before but like man it just never once took me out of the movie and I think it is just that suspension of of uh disbelief you know you just got to go into these movies and realize that yeah it might be based on on a real time a real period in time and it is based in the real world but at the same time there is a a fantastical element to it and you know you got to enjoy it for for what it is and I think you do see that through these movies there is something quite magical about them i don't know if it is the spielberg touch or what it is but there's just something very special about these movies that brings you into you know a universe that seems feels familiar but at the same time you know you can kind of let go and 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 let it and enjoy it you know so that's that's what i really love about indie movies
0: yeah that that's definitely it you both nail on the head with that one is that it, they set up a framework in the first film, mm-hmm. and they never—I don't think—really go outside of that. Like that, like you said, the fantastical piece and elements of this. Like, there's a comment. I don't know if it's in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or if it's in Dial of Destiny, where he says, "Like, I've seen a lot of things. Some things that I wouldn't believe." But yeah. and it, it, I think it's a nice reference to like all of these little MacGuffins that he's chased around through the last whatever it is four decades he's been playing this character. So uh, it, it kind of. Like you said it's it you're inside of a real a real world but there's also these elements that you kind of just kind of have to embrace t- to get the 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 whole experience of of indie and in one movie that that really exemplifies that that i want to touch on before we get into dial destiny is 2008 crystal skull kingdom of crystal skull now that revisiting this franchise with harrison ford decades later he was around 60 early 60s, 65 ish when this movie came out and i went back and rewatched it and i couldn't believe how much younger he looked because i thought i remember 2008 the the indie four i was like whoa harrison ford's looking old in this and then you watch it dial of destiny, you're like oh that is what like a true like grumpy old man looks like and uh but he does well in dial of destiny but this this movie is often kind of sh- sh- scooted off to the side and like You know, a lot of people go, oh, why did you revisit the franchise to produce something like this? Honestly, I rewatched this thing yesterday and I threw this up on Twitter. I said, okay, I know this movie gets like, I guess, I don't know if it's hates the right word or it gets a lot of criticism. Maybe is the best when you compare it to all the rest. But if you can't use the word ants, monkeys, or that weird alien scene at the end, like, i I don't know where you would exactly criticize some of this because for me, like setting it in nineteen fifty seven against the backdrop of the Cold War with the Russians as the bad guys using elements of like Roswell and alien landings and it could, to me, like I love that setting, and that's a setting that that you know Ron Howard and Spielberg and George Lucas have all kind of worked in before that era. And there's just like a piece of it that just feels so indie about all of it. And yeah, okay the Shia LaBeouf thing, whatever, it didn't pan out. And we get an answer for that in Dial of Destiny. But I I honestly and I'm happy to take Christmas this. I still really enjoy that fourth movie. Ian, you kind of supported me on this online. (laughs) But like Crystal Skull, like, is it is it something that that you still enjoy? Dude,
2: like I even I had this discussion with someone last week I think people were putting their their kind of review their ratings of which movie they like best, and like I put it as like a hot take. You know, you take out certain some Mm -hmm. small scenes in this movie, and you take out you change the VFX if you update the CGI in this, make it a bit better. I think it's actually it'd actually be a really good, really great movie, and there's a lot of it. Even when it came out, like it got a lot of backlash, and I actually quite enjoyed it when it came out because there are it does feel like a Spielberg indie movie. Yes, Uh,
0: exactly. It's in that framework we just discussed, like I think
2: I actually, I actually do feel like it feels a lot more. It does have a bit more of the Spielberg magic than dollar destiny does just in the way that like, I do feel like you can tell it's a Spielberg movie and you can tell it's made by the same person. And, and and it did a lot of things that actually dollar destiny does again, already like the introduction of, of Marion and, and things like that. Mm So, you know, I actually really enjoy the movie. I don't actually mind the unseen, to be honest. Um, you know if you just take charlotte out you know from swinging, swinging with the monkeys, the monkeys and then the monkeys yeah. attacking like i don't know who came up with that idea and how anyone thought that was okay but like take that out and then update the the aliens i think it's actually a really fun movie and i think as well it was set in a time where like the the first movies were you know people were talking about the mystery of these artifacts such as the holy mm-hmm. grail and the lost ark and you know it, it showed it was kind of like a time capsule of the time when yeah. that came out you know everybody back then loved things like the x-files and people loved the roswell mysteries and you saw these kind of like uh these documentaries about these shows and everyone was chasing ufos and it was just in that area where even me when it came out you know i used i was fascinated by that stuff so i was really like i really like that they included that in it might seem a bit crazy but it's indiana jones man like everything exactly. every every single you know artifact that is chased has been pretty crazy pretty nuts like completely far-fetched and that's the whole idea of of these indie movies um so yeah like like crystal skull and again as i said it's like my favorite ride um at at Disney, the Disney park here. It's it's actually I actually really enjoy that movie, and I think there's a lot of stuff that it does do really well, if not better than Dial of Destiny. I'm not going to say it is a better movie than that one. Um, you know, I do. I'd have to rewatch Dial of Destiny again because um, I enjoy them all. But yeah, as I, I'm totally with you on that one. I do think it's awesome. a much better movie that, than what people say and i think you know people need to give that movie a lot more credit if you give it a rewatch ignore some of the iffy stuff mm. and it's not that much of it it's actually
0: a really good so a hand, handful of little things like i said there's a couple words in there and and just <laughs> your point about like aliens and stuff like that like you go back to spielberg et close encounters yeah. the third kind like like close calendars is like one of my favorite movies of all time and like that, that that's like the epitome of that alien sort of hype in the 80s and all that like that came out next to star wars and i got buried by star wars but like it's such a good movie and spielberg acting in that that era it's is to me it's just like spot on zeddy and i want to i want to preface this with one thing if you don't don't feel that you you need to agree with this, you don't (laughs) like crystal yeah i think to be honest like everybody i I spoke to to on twitter everybody was
2: against my opinion so i yeah I, i don't expect you to to feel the same way
1: (laughs) no no i mean like look if i if i'm like ranking it like out of the five indie movies that we have like for me it is five but it's like it is like five like in my indie ranking but to be quite honest like the movie's fine like to Mm. be quite honest, like i've never really been one to like been like god this movie's a disgrace to cinema indiana jones should never be done again like i was never like in that level of like you know like i'm never that intense like if i don't like a movie i just don't like it like i'm never like God, I never want to see Harrison Ford in anything again. I never want to see the hat. I don't, Erase ever it. It I don't want to ever see that clip again. Right, like I'm not like that. Like I don't want to hear that theme song ever again. So, to me, it's just it's probably it's known for being the one that probably makes people feel like it's the less indie out of indie, which is I guess fair to an extent because it's the one that kind of bends the genre more more so than the others. Right, it is 2008. That's kind of like when things in franchise were kind of changing a little bit, right? Or it's at the time, people probably thought Dial of Destiny should have been in 2008 instead of now, which which is funny. So I guess in a way, it's like, you know, did they make Dial of Destiny too late? I don't know. I guess we're going to talk about that. But no, I mean, you know, Crystal Skull is fine. I mean, like, is it like the greatest movie ever made? No, but I mean, like, it's I never I never considered it like this disgrace to like action cinema or to Indiana Jones in general. I was never really at that point. It's just not my favorite Indiana Jones movie. That's all
0: no and that's completely fair but i want to put a question out when you said it bends the genre the most what is more likely a 150 year old crusading warrior that has been hanging out beside the chalice of christ or or aliens what is more likely of the two of those things like honestly i think aliens is more likely than a surviving i don't even like whatever like was one of the three you have
2: chosen wisely (laughs) it's
0: it's, aliens are more likely than a guy surviving from the crusades guarding the chalice of christ and the thing is what
2: did they expect them to like of course they're gonna make an indie movie about pyramids and of mm-hmm. course, it's gonna be have aliens in it, man. Like that was that was the thing back then. You had Stargate and all that stuff. Like, I mean, it made and sense. And it
0: was the late fifties. Like that was like Roswell and like Cold War and like aliens yeah. and all this crazy stuff. Like, yeah. and I thought it was a, it was a cool pivot to say, okay, the Russians are the bad guys in this one. It made sense the Cold War and all that. We're kind of back in that now, and so <laughs> so it's it, it, it's like to me it just the era works because they basically went however many years after right like after like it was like 19 was it 38 i think last crusade was sent set in and -hmm. they just went however long it was since the last movie we're gonna go all the way and age everyone like equivalently and we ended up in 1957 so yeah like that that's my question remember my question guys what's more likely a crusader (laughs) that's lived for however many hundreds of years or aliens that's that's the only thing, if you want to talk about likelihood and inside of Indiana Jones. But we do have to make another leap in believability when we get to Indiana Jones 5, The Dial of Destiny, coming out 2023 this past week, we all saw this movie. Harrison Ford is 80 years old now in this role, and honestly, guys, he was phenomenal. I love this guy in this role. Like, 80 years and all, like, I'm cool with him like coming back here you know I saw an interview with him today where he said like I really want to kind of explore this character again I want to be kind of like the grumpy old man the guy that's lost his way the fish at a sea you know we, we went from him fighting Nazis in the 30s <laughs> to him fighting Russians in the late 50s to now the space race rock and roll music like all this stuff. And like, where do, where does Indiana Jones as an eight year old man fit in this world? And that was like how Harrison Ford framed up why he wanted to revisit this character inside of Dial of Destiny. And it it you know, there's a lot of stunt work in this. Like, did you see the cool like face mask they made, Harrison Ford yeah, face mask, that, yeah. And, yeah. and that replacement the technology?
2: And stuff,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and that replacement technology they used, like they're very cool to to kind of bring this whole movie kind of give you the full spectrum of indie, right? Right from the 40s all the way up to uh, almost 1970 here. So Dial of Destiny, Zeddy, talk to me about your... We like we like to do this here. You've heard this before, where it's kind of that immediate uncorking. Talk to me about your exiting the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, you had this hype. We've had this ebb and flow of all these movies coming at us. We're ending off June with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, a character that you have some love for some nostalgic for but we're also revisiting this character at a time when like i said like we have an 80 year old indiana jones here like Mm -hmm. it's it's a big leap from that you know that man that we saw in in our early days watching these movies so like walking out of the theater brother Mm -hmm. what's your immediate thoughts
1: yeah i i would say i was satisfied would probably be the you know the one word that i would probably use i was satisfied at what i had seen because, you know, mm. granted, like you just said to, you know, this is an 80 year old Harrison Ford <laughs> with the hat and the whip trying to kick it yet, yet again, you know, and, and I know that we heard so many things of like this movie is trying to do what Top Gun Mavic did last year. And while there may be some similarities yeah. to each movie in some aspect, I think they're two totally different movies oh, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Um, But for me, it's I actually appreciated more of the technical aspects of the film than I did more than anything else like we kind of touched on too, like I think James Mangold did an excellent job at just replicating what made Indiana Jones feel so special to begin with, which is the utilization of the sound in the movie and the production design just trying to immerse you back into that world, you know, placing you in a world like you just said, you know, Indiana Jones is that kind of the tail end of his life. You know, he's kind of looking for a sense of purpose again. Mm-hmm. And while he didn't get bought back into this, you know, <laughs> on his own accord, kind of just got thrown back into it. You know, you can tell that he, that's what sometimes you're missing in life. It's just that one last sense of adventure. So in that regard, I appreciate And while I don't think the movie is perfect, well, I don't think every character is essentially likable, which maybe we'll get into a little bit. Um, I think, I think it is a fair, a fair, a, A fitting farewell uh to indiana jones and i think that it's kind of hard not to at least feel a little bit sentimental especially with where they leave him you know because i think the third act of this movie is like excellent yeah and to me i kind of just wish the first two acts lived up to it a little bit better um but again uh, like the filmmaking i thought i thought was great you know i think he looked pretty cool actually as a de-aged younger version too how they were able to pull that off too so Um, the plot kind of is what it is, you know, they're, they're still chasing, you know, an adventure, still searching for this dial of destiny, but I personally had no issues with kind of the direction they went. It's kind of how they got to that point. So this, this Mm -hmm. is, this is a fine summer blockbuster, man, you know, summertime in Indiana Jones just feels right to me. You know, I'm kind of glad that I got to catch this movie on the tail end of 4th of July Independence Day, at least for me in, in the U S here. So, uh, yeah that's where I'm at.
0: Awesome. No, but before I go to Ian I, I and get his opinion here, I want to just pull on one little thread there about James Mangold, the director that's come in, taken over for, for Spielberg. I, I don't see it a lot here. And, and maybe I have to dig a little deeper into it or see it again. But do you think it's hard for Mangold to come into this franchise and put his own stamp on things when he's trying so hard or somewhere someone is trying very hard to make it look like a Spielberg movie? Like how much impact can a guy like James Mangold have on this franchise if there's this expectation that
1: it looks, feels a certain way? I think, you know, it's, I mean, he was an executive producer on on the movie too, right? So obviously Spielberg had some input in this movie, right? It just happens to be, maybe for whatever reason, Spielberg just didn't want to do it, which is fine. You know, which is fine. He he, he put a stamp on, on the franchise, you know, maybe he feels like, I kind of did what I could in Crystal Skull and kind of that just it's James Mangold to do. But James Mangold to me, I mean, he is a well, more than well capable director of immersing you into a, in a world. I mean, you know, you yeah. look at movies like Logan and Ford v Ferrari and all of his other projects. So he's more than capable of, you know, just directing a really solid action film just nonetheless too. So um, I personally had no problem that it was somebody different. Now, obviously like in a perfect world, like we we have loved the guy that directed the first you know three four movies you know to come back and put a proper bit of do on indiana jones of course we would uh but you know that's not not in the cards but i i i still think that yes it, it's a tall task to live up to live up to somebody as iconic as steven spielberg to begin with but i think if you're able to just place a fresh stamp on something and then just at least put a nice proper bit of do on it i think that's all that matters and as long as you keep the you know the integrity of the character intact, I think that's all that really matters. you know people yeah. don't want to feel disrespected like right? I any you have to come in and put their stamp on something. you just have to make it feel like it's meaningful i think to the person watching
0: yeah and that that's for me the the tough part that mangled was put in right like there's you're you're inside of a, a pretty tight framework i think for for this franchise that if this felt like wildly different than anything we've seen, I think you you you, you fare more on where you lean more towards like okay like we're we're you know restarting this when Harrison Ford is 80 years old and putting a completely different yeah. spin on the like it had to feel very much of a piece of the other four movies and was a continuation of all that and so like I, I find you know what's this a testing ground for yeah. Lucasfilm to be like hey if you do well here here's your Star Wars movie or trilogy or whatever it is that you want to do down the road and which it looks like he's got so it's it's an interesting thing I was thinking about like you know could could edit, like could have Ron Howard or whomever have stepped into these shoes and just been like, this is a, like a, a relatively like execute the story, you know, direct some of the CGI or whatever. But like the framework is all there for you to work inside. It's kind of like maybe a, a director coming into a, like a Marvel movie. It's like, it's kind of all right. there. You just got to make, push the button and say action. I'm not trying to take anything away from Mangold, but right. I do recognize some of the difficulties that he potentially could have had being in such like a limited space or movement space. Now, Ian, like, uncork us here on your opinion but also if you want to touch on this james Mangold thing like did you see him kind of shining through this or was it all spielberg for you too so let, let's hear what do you think of dial destiny uh yeah so
2: i think i can echo quite a lot of stuff that that zeddy said there like i think there's i got a lot of shared opinions i do feel like you know it definitely came out satisfied i'd probably say i was a little more than that and i've been I've you know i've been thinking about whether i really like this movie or not since i watched it uh, i definitely do need to see it again. And I do feel that maybe there are some aspects such as my love for the character that made me enjoy the movie maybe more than I would have if it was a, a brand new character. Um, but overall, like it was a very like I just came at that movie with a massive smile on my face and I had a really good time with it. And, you know, I was totally happy with what we what I'd seen. I do think, you know, I there were moments where I was kind of being a little bit critical inside my head and I was like, I'm questioning things and there were plot points that I felt didn't really wrap up or didn't really make sense. Uh Zeddy talked about uh, someone who maybe is not as likable or unlikable, and I do think we might be the same same person. I do think there were some choices throughout the movie that I found a little bit kind of questionable. And I didn't know if it was if it, it was Mango trying to be. Spielberg and trying to replicate what had come before or whether you know this was his choice or the you know the the writer's uh choice um but yeah overall, like I came out of that movie just thinking like, yeah, I had a really great time with that movie you know it definitely wasn't perfect. um there were some things that I think could have been improved if they'd included or if they'd kind of tweaked a little um but as a as an overall experience like i was i was totally happy with it and you know talking about you know the the idea of a different director it, it's quite interesting you brought that up because i was actually thinking that myself like if no one had told me this was not directed by spielberg mm-hmm. would i have thought it was directed by spielberg 100%. Um, <laughs> and it does very much feel like it is but i don't know i can't ever put my finger on it with spielberg movies there's just something extra. There's something there. There's some little piece of magic Mm -hmm. that I felt was missing slightly through this movie. Like, I didn't feel totally that it had the same kind of magic as the other movies. There's something, and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the way he films it or the way he captures certain things. I felt that it was very close, and I think it was the best someone could do with replicating something i think he did a, you know mango did an excellent job with this and i'm kind of glad that he took that direction because with it being probably the last of these movies it's kind of a shame that spielberg didn't get to do it it's mm-hmm. kind of strange that they did get someone in to do it. and i think that's why a lot of people probably think that this is just like a bit of a cash grab because you know why bring in someone different and have this elderly Indy Jones making a movie, um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, I guess. But for me, it just, it, you know, it's something that I'm always gonna want. I'm always gonna want an Indiana Jones movie, and I'm so glad that we got it. Like, there's no whether it was a great f- conclusion to all of the, the the movies to the franchise. I don't know if it was the best it could have been, but I I'm totally thankful that i actually got this movie and i got to experience another indiana jones movie because as i said it was a really great time at the theater and something i'm definitely going to rewatch over and over again
0: yeah yeah i just looked up here and there is a a vanity fair article that does talk about spielberg wanting to allow a new generation to bring their perspective to nd story and that's why mangold and why a new director jumped in the seat but like i was saying before he he's handcuffed from from go on this one. Like you, you can move a little bit, but it's got to feel the same way. And so like this idea of a a new eye or a new generation or anything like that on any of this, I think is is very, very difficult. So anyways, my, my thoughts on this very similar to your guys, like maybe even a little bit more, I came out and I was just, just, I I don't want to say the word is ecstatic. I went and saw this with Carlos and we had like a, we, you know, we sat and chatted before, you know, watched the trailers together, experienced this movie. And then we sat and chatted for like 20, 30 minutes after about the movie and everything. And the whole experience was, was just very, like, it was just phenomenal for me. Like I I love this character and I honestly didn't have much expectations. You know, I'd, I'd seen some of the rumblings online that it wasn't doing so hot at the box office and all this. And, and I just went in and like we talked about before, fully embraced the indie framework what this movie is and you know where it was potentially going to go and i i just loved it like i it got me so amped up for indie that like i came home and started watching the movies backwards again like i i just felt so great about this movie how it kind of capped off the franchise and to be honest with you this is like the movie that left us like at the end like I, three, four, and now five all have like endings for Indiana Jones, right? Mm. Like, Chris, like he drank from the chalice. Is he going to live forever or not? Who knows? You know, he he goes to the crystal skull. Like, oh, okay, maybe he's handing it off to his son. I don't know, but nope, kind of faked us out there. And this one, like this one, I was like, oh, a couple of times, I was like, oh shoot, they're gonna. This is how they're gonna end him. Like he's either gonna die or he's gonna stay. You know what I mean? Like so, like I found that they played a little bit more with the ending and being less like they always try to be somewhat ambiguous with it and this was I think a bit more pointed to a degree not all of it but to a degree so like I said walking out I was was thrilled and like upon revisiting and thinking about it and now talking about it I'm even more ecstatic about it but I'd, I'd love to hear some more on some of the stuff that, that you guys brought up in in your discussions there particularly let's let's talk about you know, I'm going to be screaming about high side stuff. Let's talk about uh, on, on the other side of the spectrum there. You know, a character that you both didn't like. We're going to play a little game here. Um, <laughs> and like, do you know the first the first name of this individual? Do you want to do the real name or the their movie name?
1: I'll do the real name, movie of, name of, of the i wonder,
0: the, the I wonder if we
2: name. got the same person i'm a little worried now because i know this person is actually quite light and there's a few okay, people who could be okay yeah, so okay. i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna count down for three and you're both gonna say it and we're gonna see if it's the same person now, all right Just a little game. First, name, right? Name. first name real name first name real name first first name real name okay zeddy <laughs> and ian are gonna i'm gonna see i'm gonna see if they're if they're kind of mind melding here three two one Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe,
2: oh yeah, yeah. I said the first name. Okay, <laughs> okay.
0: I gave it where, I was Phoebe trying. Waller-Bridge. <laughs> that's where okay. interesting. Yeah, that's where I thought you guys were both gonna go, and I'd love to hear why because I don't know much about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like I know, like she played the droid in Solo. Outside of that, I don't have really any experience with her. I actually really enjoyed this character, her and Teddy, like her and and Short Round, if you will. And, mm-hmm. and their relationship and I she played like uh, I, I see where like the dislike could come but I think it's on purpose but Zeddy talk to me about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character mm-hmm. inside of this and why maybe she potentially leans towards more unlikable for you or at least mm-hmm. a point in the movie that you you had yourself being like eh like do we really need this that's kind of what I'm the vibe I'm feeling off you
1: yeah, I, I mean, like, first things first, I mean, I have nothing against her
0: as an actor. No, it's I, a character, I, yeah, not it's, her. It's, it's, it's It's a, a character, character.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, let me like, slight disclaimer there. Um, <laughs> her character in the movie, to me, while I guess the intent is for her to be unlikable, I think she's unlikable for too much of the movie. Like, there's okay. kind of this, okay. you know, yep. ambiguity of where it's like, you know, she, at a certain point, to me, it felt like she's just taking advantage of an old man for too long of the movie um or as it kind of feels like they were setting up well is she gonna be the new indiana jones or she's are they setting up for her to take over uh but then you kind of really never really get that sense in the end so i guess for me i was looking for more of i guess to bring it back to wrestling terms i was looking for more of a a better face turn i guess for me in a sense too. <laughs> I love you know it. you know like to, to me she's too much of like a bad guy for early on, and it's like, yeah, she has some nice sentimental moments with Indy, you know, on the boat, when he's kind of explaining, like, what he would do if he had the dial, you know, how he would go back and try to convince his son from not enlisting in the army, you know, which is a very nice uh, warm moment. I I think I was looking for more of that, right? Like, there's more, like, I think they could have established with, like, the relationship with her dad and Indy, you know? Like, you know, there's more of, like, she kind of just hates Indy for a reason. I kind of would have liked to see more threads kind of explore there. So it's not like it's fine to think she was an unlikable character. She was another foil for Indy, and there's some even mm-hmm. saying like she kind of replicates how Indy was like in his early stages of Miss career too. Which, which I get to, which, which I understand. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think at this point, because he is an older Indy, I would have preferred more of a like a Batman and Robin kind of type mm-hmm. uh, situation between them. So mm-hmm. that's just me though.
0: All right, yeah. Ian, I I want you to talk to this too because. You guys kind of aligned there, but like, as, as Zeddy talking through it, I'm thinking to myself, well, I like this juxtaposition against an older Indiana Jones where it's like, you know, is he looking in the mirror a little bit at, at what he was? And, you know, I don't think he was ever on that side of the law. Like Indiana Jones always was, you know, fighting for the good, would refuse to take money, would, you know what I mean? Like you see that in last crusade with him as a kid where he's trying to steal the, the cross back because it belongs in a museum and all this stuff. And she kind of takes the other opinion, like, no, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to make the money and go. But then you see these like little moments in there. And so I, th- I found it was, you know, you have like two good guys, quote unquote, but one is kind of the antithesis to what indie was at that age. Where you know, very similar to like the guy that gave him his hat and all that in Last Crusade, where it's like, no, this is about the money, this is about me chasing this, and you know, my goal is is to be rich or what have you. But then on the other side of things, I am gonna do this because, like, in like with Indy too, they keep they'll pull people from his past, like, oh, this guy from your past and the god, you know what I mean? So they they're always trying to pair him with someone younger, especially mm-hmm. in these last two movies. But Ian, what is it about Phoebe Waller Bridge's character that kind of rubs you the wrong way, a little? No, like, I,
2: I I, think I'm actually on exactly the same page as Zeddy, as and I think we kind of have the it's this kind of same issues that we kind of had, especially in the early, the first part of the movie, until she kind of makes that turn. Um, I really love uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, she's in a show called Fleabag, and it's such a great TV show. I was really excited to see her in this. And I think at the start, like, I can totally understand what you're saying, Tim. And I do think that's what they Mm -hmm. were trying to do. They were trying to make her very much like an indie. You go back and watch Indiana Jones, uh, the OG trilogy. And, you know, he was quite, sometimes he was quite direct and he was quite, not mean, but he was kind of cheeky, rude to people. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, he was, he could be a little bit mischievous. And I think that's what they were trying to do with her. It was more for me, like, the second part, half of the movie, once she makes a turn, I actually really liked her, her character. It was mm-hmm. just that kind of initial stage up to that point. And I think the turn was quite abrupt and it kind of came out of nowhere. Based on the the, the character choice, the, the things that she did earlier on in the movie kind of rubbed me up the wrong way a little. You know, she leaves, she goes to see Indy, but then she traps him in the room with these guys with guns who have just shot everybody. Mm-hmm. So she just, she just like leaves him to die. She, she honestly thinks he's gonna be killed. And she mm-hmm. just traps him in this room. And I thought, that's like, Indy would never do that. Like, he wouldn't go that far. You know, that's someone he's not related to, but very close with. It's his goddaughter. And she's he's his, her godfather. And she just, like, left him to get shot and killed by these people. And then mm-hmm. her own motivation is just so she can sell, you know, these, these artifacts. And, you know, you have someone like Indy who's really interested. I think in the end you do kind of get the idea that maybe um her character is actually into all these you know all this history and these artifacts and stuff but you've already got that kind of bad taste at the start that she only goes after this stuff to sell it the only reason she learns about this stuff is to make money from it and she'll do whatever she takes even letting people she's close to die to be able to get these things to make money and she continues to talk about money throughout the movie even like after she kind of makes that that kind of turn And I think that sometimes just took me out of it a little bit. She was even like her reactions and the way she spoke to people just felt a little bit like she was just being mean or being rude rather than being cheeky sometimes. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're down in the the underwater and he gets trapped and they try and have that idea of her. She leaves, but then she kind of comes back and gets him. But I was just mm-hmm. like, where did that come from? Like, you know, you had this whole thing of her like letting him to die and she, her running away from him all the time, and all of a sudden, there's this one switch, and now she's totally on his side. And I think they, they, they eased into it uh, to a degree, but it wasn't, it wasn't earned enough to be, you know, a big character change. Her realizing, you know, she wants to be someone else or she wants to be a better person um and that was that was the only reason and as i said like i didn't it didn't really make me dislike the character of the movie i think even with the second watch knowing how she turns out i probably enjoyed more and enjoy her character more and i do think she played the part that she was given really well um you know i do think she's a phenomenal actress and i'd like to i wouldn't be surprised if they did do like a spin-off with her you know telling doing another kind of indie style story um but then again like what would that work? Because you'd always think that, is she ever really interested in chasing artifacts or does she only care about selling these things and making money from them? So, yeah, it was kind of like, as I said, it was up and down for me. Like, I think I realized near the end what they were going for. And I did actually like the character by the end and there were some emotional moments. But because it was all packed into one movie and it wasn't kind of it didn't feel earned. I did feel there were times where I'm like, does she really care? You know, is she, is she mm-hmm. really, is she a good guy? You know, does she really deserve, you know, this happy ending at the end of the story?
0: It's it's interesting here. You guys kind of walk through that. Cause I, I can see that. I can see that in the movie. And then I'm, I'm trying to play it through my head. Like as I'm watching this, like I, I almost see her as like a flawed character and like her improving and and towards that, that face turn still a term for me there, Zeddy, mm-hmm. is due to proximity to indiana jones which i thought was kind of cool like you know as she's seeing him as she's learning from him a little bit and like yeah over a single movie it's probably rushed when you look at like just fundamental character development but because you had to compact this in and then layer it on top of like indie coming back and <laughs> other characters and then a a, a like a bit more of a fantastical element of this, which eventually leads into the, kind of the climax of the movie, which was relatively, I think, unexpected. There, there's a lot to pack in there, and so like that that face turn happens quick. I think just due to pacing of the movie, like you just don't have time to 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 pull this out. Maybe in the the degree that you'd want to, like mm-hmm. you, you maybe want to do this over two movies or take a piece out of this to allow her to kind of develop that, or maybe you see a little bit more of. You know her resenting in me for leaving her father, in in those moments. Like I think they play to that a little bit. That there's some resentment there that she mm-hmm. kind of holds that interaction and blames him a little bit. But maybe a little bit more of that might have helped this mm-hmm. this turn or her true resentment towards the idea of archaeology for education or for prese- pre- pre- preservation of history it's all about the money and like there's some of that built into there, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit more rushed than, than maybe you want. But I think at the end, like you guys said, especially into the third act, you kind of get it and you, she gets to the place where she needs to be to finish the movie. Mm-hmm. I think um, in an approach, and it might be way. as
2: well for me. I, I think partly for me as well, it was it's something that I didn't really maybe expect in an indie movie. Like I look back at other the movies, they're they're quite straightforward in their story. There's not really that kind of deeper side and that character development and mm-hmm. seeing characters change. You know, he usually has a sidekick, and he just goes on an adventure with with this sidekick, and it's it's pretty pretty straight laced but i think with this one like you know they did try to add that kind of element of somebody learning from indy and yeah. coming and it's supposed to be you know him training like like a, a daughter to become the new kind of indy jones maybe in, in a possible future what they were probably trying to do with with shah
0: well and i think that 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 might be a great segue into the next point i just want to briefly talk about harrison ford before we kind of get into the mcguffin and the climax of this whole movie um here's some Ford, like we said revisiting this at 80 years old he comes at this and does not hide the aspect of it although they do do that wonderful opening scene mm-hmm. of of him back in mid-world war ii that that i just i that indie opening scenes do not miss like they are all phenomenal and i think them using and leveraging that de-aging technology and allowing us to experience that indie one more time was was very very cool but Harrison Ford, I think coming back to this for me, like I, I, I have no problems with him revisiting this character at eighty. Like, yeah, maybe he's a lot slower, and yeah, they have to use a lot more stunt people and all this, and some of the fantastical elements of an eighty-year-old man riding a horse through Times Square, you know? Okay, sure. But again, that comes back to that suspension of disbelief. Uh, and I, but Harrison Ford to me just like all the way through into a relatively emotional ending of of a franchise or what we're going to call the end of a franchise here. I think he does a great job in all of this. And it's, I, and I think it really begs the question when you look at this character, the way that both these last two movies end, they both somewhat tease some form of baton passing, but both fake it out and say, ah, uh-uh. like, I think the grabbing of the hat at the end of crystal skull was them saying like, there's like Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones. That's it. This isn't James Bond where we're going to, we can swap out characters and actors. Chris Pratt isn't going to show up one day as Indiana Jones. Like, and they do the same thing here. Like they, they linger on that hat at the end and he snatches it and says, nope, like this is an indie thing. Like she walks out of screen. Um, and I, I don't like they could maybe. And I think in the era of Bob number two, maybe we would have seen a Phoebe Waller bridge, Indiana Jones style of, of Disney plus show. But I think this is honestly a one and done. I don't think we're replacing Indiana Jones. I think Harrison Ford is—he's the only guy that's ever going to play this, and I think that's the way it should be. So, like, Ian is—is for you, Ford? Did it work in this? And uh, is—are you happy with the way that this kind of ends? We'll talk about the climax, of course, but like that, basically, his tenure as the character—like, does this finish it off well enough for you?
2: Yeah, I guess so. Like, I think the fact that it is just Harrison Ford, I absolutely adore Harrison Ford as just a, as a person, not just as an actor. Like, you just see him in, like, chat shows and stuff, and he's just hilarious. He just seems like the f- most fun guy to be around. And I think, you know, just that kind of resonates through through these movies, and especially for Indiana Jones. You know, he always says it's it's his favorite character that he's, that he's played, mm-hmm. and it's the character that he'd always wanted to return to. And I think you can always see that through through this, this movie. There were times where he was running, maybe like behind Phoebe Wallabridge, and you kinda had his like kind of bow-legged old man yeah. run and it's like <laughs> oh, oh like yeah, like it just cuts away. Um but I think I mean he does he does an excellent job in this and I do think you know this should be it. He doesn't I mean he doesn't look he doesn't look 80. He definitely looks good for his age, I do think. And I mm. do think he did do a really good job with this um and the de-aging there i mean the de-age scenes at the start were, were fantastic i think there were some parts that i felt could have been better you know the part there's a part when he's like running across the top of the train and i'm like oh man i don't know if how that looks a bit kind of video game-ish um <laughs> and it's especially like when when they show his face and he's like whoa that's so good and then it cuts to the nazi guy and you like oh, the nazi guy just there's it's still not there. It's still not one hundred percent perfect. So just when you compare two faces next to each other, mm-hmm. I kind of wish they'd kind of just de-aged the Nazi guy, even though he's not famous. Just so it kind of like it just plays in the same scene, not making those comparisons. Yeah, that's um, what you mean. but but like it never again. Like sometimes you know those kind of things really take you out of a movie, and like with this one, it never. It was never bad enough for me to not believe it um and a lot of times i just you know you totally forgot that this was a different you know a different face being put on on harrison ford it just felt like he was there and he was acting at this role so i was really glad to see him come back yeah i'm really happy like i don't as a climax for me again like you said you'll probably talk about this but i don't know if it's if it's a perfect one for me because i feel like they used an idea which had been used in crystal skull like you know the, the person who returns it was kind of like they took crystal skull they undid it by killing off his son mm-hmm. you know and splitting him up from marion and then they come back and give us the marion reveal again and it's like <laughs> you know i don't know i would have liked man i would have liked k kwan i don't know why he wasn't in the movie uh, like where was I short ran
0: like I said it's a cross after I was like, why was he not that in this have been movie? So cool. I think, well, people like, are now
2: saying that they want him to do a spin-off and how incredible it would be. And everyone's saying like, let's get, have a short round spin-off. But I'm just like, but I I don't, why was he like, when you see them two together on the red carpet and at mm-hmm. events,
0: I thought for how sure. emotional yeah. it makes you
2: feel. Like it's so yeah. great seeing them together. I'm like, why, why did we have Phoebe Waller-Bridge? I love her. She's great. But bring a short round in. Like, how about if he came in? How about if it was like the two of them and that was the end of the movie? And then you wouldn't need the Marion thing. Like, I don't know why they had to break them up and bring them back together. It wasn't a bad thing because, man, it got me really emotional at the end. It definitely did. But like, I don't, I would have liked another one last, one last twist, you know, one last reveal, you know, bringing someone that we haven't seen before, a new person. I don't even know why they had to kill off his son. I guess it gave him some, It kind of motivated him in a way gave it some kind of emotion but i think think the the, the feels the feels were more to do with him and his wife more so i never felt like he gives the explanation about what happened to his son but that never kind of hit me the thing that hit me was him you know being back with with marion at the end
0: yeah it's it's funny because i think a lot of it is just like story economics like why his son wasn't there like we we can explain this by him not being here like because they're they're picking up those threads from crystal skull right where he's basically being teased as like his partner in crime it's going like we gotta we gotta move this chess piece off the board and same with the marion like i just don't think they wanted to drag her around for another adventure you know what i mean like it's not like he's gonna be like all right sweetie i'm out of here i'll see you whenever yeah maybe, but they could been like what's the the game uncharted it's a very similar kind of story it's like a treasure hunter
2: and he's he's like as that story goes on it's a really good story for the games and he gets married to you know the the woman from the first game but like when he goes on the final adventure, it's kind of like he has to lie to her where he's going to go. But they, she's still out of the story. You know, she doesn't play a part within the story. And even like you know, his son would be much older now, so he could just be off anywhere. You know, he's.
0: But you have to remember, like how like let's we can get into this and Zedio, you can you can pull your thoughts on Harrison Ford as let's get into the climax here. Like that that when I when I actually would referred to the the emotional piece, I was talking about him less so with him and Marion. I didn't feel that too too much to be honest with you it was more like him wanting to stay
1: Mm.
0: and with miriam out and his son out he can do that like he can say like no like you know what i mean like if those people were both in his life in some like relatively substantial capacity like there's no that part of the movie doesn't work like he can't just be like i'm gonna stay but i also have my son and potentially grandchildren and a, a wife you know what i mean like that doesn't work. So they have to rewrite the end if both those people are, are substantially in his life. And so like that would be, I think, a consideration. But Zeddy, talk to me a little bit about Harrison Ford, but I also want to bring in like the MacGuffin of this movie. You know, we talked previously about the uh, mm-hmm. fantastical elements of Indiana Jones and here we're bringing in, you know, we, we live in in a time of time travel and multiverses and here we have another <laughs> MacGuffin that <laughs> somewhat <laughs> allows the terror in space and time to happen like this macguffin mm-hmm. is by like i like what's more likely zeddy aliens or <laughs> yeah. looped time travel <laughs> right
1: right yeah. So, so tell you me can about also, the climax. You could
0: also tell us also tell us
2: how that that doll works because that's that's huh? what that was my biggest question coming out of the movie if you can explain that to me zeddy i'd be uh
1: i, kidding, so I think i got true. i think i got it but Zeddy, let's I, it I, I, I think the, the, the spaghetti explanation works a lot yeah. better to be quite honest <laughs> 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 for those of you that don't know, you'll know. <laughs> um yeah so for mm-hmm. me harrison Ford, it it was like i said it's cool to see him like act especially in this stage of his but that, that, that's what i like to me like for me like the best parts of taco maverick were the more sentimental moments with maverick to me, mm-hmm. the best parts of Indiana Jones were the more sentimental moment, moments with Indy kind of, you know, with the older characters paying old master was past, right? Like the, they give him hell Indiana. I thought, I thought was awesome. Like that was such a crowd pleasing moment. You know, the, the scene one uh, on the boat where he's talking about, I would convince my son not to enlist in the army. That yeah. actually got a tear out of my eye. You know, when he gets to reunite with Marion again, you know, kind of give him that. Uh, proper bit of do. I thought that was that was a great scene of like, you know, now he kind of gets that closure uh, and kind of you as the audience member that, that has always had that connection, I'm sure that's what they were going for, right? Is that he is going to have his happily ever after, right? It kind of felt a little bit like Back to the Future almost to me, like how that third movie ends where it's like everybody gets to kind of ride off in the sunset yeah. after all. That's kind of like what it felt like uh, to me, you know, the him the to me uh, was kind of interesting because it's not like I had this, issue with the idea of that there is a dial that can uh you know go back and you know loop time or whatever it was more so i don't know if you guys felt the same way too but it's they kind of did the idea where it's like the villain in the beginning is so unbeatable and it's almost like they make it seem like the villain died because just the way that it's framed it's almost like how could he not and then when he came back it was almost like the is he a long last relative? Is he an evil brother? Is an evil cousin? Is he just like, did time itself kind of happen? Like was the dial use or kind of reversed what happened in a way? Like, I don't know, like to me, like, um, you know, Mads Mikkelsen's role was kind of a little, little weird for me, but I still bought it. I went, I went along with it. Um, I actually really love the idea of he wanted to stay in that era. Cause to me, that was such an Indiana Jones thing for him to want to do. Mm -hmm. you know and especially like as like you spent so much time with this character like imagine you're just like as a person that's been chasing time and chasing the thrill of the adventure it felt like such a fitting end that he would want to just stay in this time period and but then you know phoebe waller bridges character makes a great point it's like you would rewrite history yeah even though it's what you want right so it's like a tale of of two different things so to me it's like i actually would have liked either or you know, but um, in the end, yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think especially I think we've kind of had enough multiverse time loop, whatever you want <laughs> to call so it. I think, I think I think it's a little bit overdone at this point, uh, but I, I definitely think that they, they make the most of uh, what it is. And I do think that in the end it was used effectively, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: I think that's the best way to put it. Like it was used effectively for what it was. Like mm-hmm. it it turned out to be, and Ian, this will be my my attempt to explain it. It turned out to be like a mechanism to get someone back to only that point in time. Like, I understand, I understand, I do understand that, but like,
2: because the thing is that the what I don't get is that you have this dial, but it apparently opens, it it doesn't open, it it leads you to these kind of portals that take you to certain times, but it's kind of like you know, the, the idea is, are these portals just all around in the skies all over the place? Like, that And each one takes you to a very different time because there would be a lot of portals. And then, yeah. like, you know, even during the, the war um, where Archimedes is and stuff, like, there's this big circle in the sky, with this big hole, and it's like, does nobody see that big-ass hole that's, like, in the sky? And it was just, like, that whole, like... And then there's parts that kind of contradict other parts, like, they, you know, Indies like, you know, because of continental shift
0: um the calculations yeah, I can are, tell you right now that is incorrect like what he says there like you're talking uh, like, you're talking like centimeters like in 2000 years there's like almost no movement like well then that like, makes that makes sense in the end thing because then it, it does actually turn
2: out to be the the right place yeah but it's kind of like then you know they say that so then you're like the calculations are wrong but then they find the portal and it's like is that the right portal uh, are there other portals everywhere around the sky but i think and then they, they go dial through and then and then the dial is only supposed to take them back to that point in time, and that's where other points contradict themselves. Like you're saying, like he if he stays, he rewrites time, but that's not true because we've already found out, and even Phoebe had explained that earlier. You know, whatever happens here has already happened. That's yeah. why he has the watch, and that's why he draws the, description. the things. Yeah. So if Indy stayed, if Indy did stay. He was always meant to stay, and he was always going to stay, and he was always there. So it doesn't really matter if he stays. He can't rewrite history because history's already been written. Because whatever happens in that moment of time has already occurred. It's like mm-hmm. a, a, a cycle. So therefore, it doesn't really matter if, if they they stay or go. Um, I understand the point. I love the point of him wanting to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that dial that dial really did. It was kind of like here's a, a something the that does no no actually you can't do that it does this no we're going through the right thing and then we go to this place oh no it wasn't never meant to do that and it's like hold on they're all none of it makes sense now because mm-hmm. what you're trying to say is there's all these portals in the sky that exist and that's why as soon as i realized that again i take myself out of it realize it's fantasy realize mm. that like it's it doesn't, it's never going to make sense and it doesn't have to make sense. And then you just have to, then you can, then you enjoy it. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think like with the last two movies, especially, they ask you to suspend your disbelief a little bit more. Um, And I keep going back to the idea that aliens are more likely than the things that we saw, but it, it, it is. And it isn't like, I think like you can look at a fantasy movie, an adventure movie and be like, Oh, yeah they open up the ark of the covenant and all these things flew and melted a bunch of people like okay sure but like then you see a flying saucer and then you see like time travel and all this kind of stuff and it's like okay like the concepts are further out there but like the likelihood of like i said before of a hundred or two hundred year old crusader still living and you know what i mean like yeah. that's more unlikely but i think it's an easier leap in your brain to make oh yeah this dude just drank from the cup and he just and so the, the whole time travel thing and being like the era of time travel movies and stuff like that. Like it does feel a bit played out and, but it was cool. And I like that it, it didn't like the mechanism itself didn't open the door for all this other stuff. Like it was like, I, my guess is Ian, like if I can like try to like retcon this in my brain, it's like, there's a few portals that open like once every century or something like that. It's not like they're just, and he's like done the math for the portal that opens to get someone back to, that period in time to help them defeat the romans like that happens on
2: the same day as indy finds the dial and it's only like a, that a 10 minute the away
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is <a> essentially <laughs> like that date right like that date all oh, this date is just so happens to be yeah 100 percent like like contrived and <laughs> no. Coincidence. Yeah, coincidence and all this kind of stuff. But, but Indy is uh, is full of that. So it it was interesting and I thought it was kind of a cool way because like I didn't know what they're gonna do there, to be honest with you. Like it's the first time in an indie movie where I was like, like is he gonna yeah. die from a gunshot? I, I thought was indie was gonna there?
2: be I thought indie was gonna be Archimedes. Like oh, I really? thought indie I uh. thought indie I thought the person they found in the tomb wearing the watch was Indiana Jones.
1: Like mm, I, I thought that was fun.
2: gonna be the idea like he stays and he Ah. becomes da da da
0: yeah interesting interesting. yeah okay I can can kind of see that but like I I thought okay he could stay he could die from this gunshot wound like I thought they were going to kill I I thought they were going to kill the (laughs) character in, yeah. in this movie like and that was Dude, he gets not, he
2: gets blown up by a bomb in the first like five minutes of the movie and he's fine <laughs> it's like the rock the rocket comes down blows everybody up and then he's the only one left like walking yeah. around like <laughs> all the nuts are blown to
0: pieces he, he did also survive a uh a nuclear blast in uh yeah, in that's a refrigerator so, yeah again suspension of disbelief but um but yeah so like there, there's a lot there guys this is meant to be like i've said just a discussion you know we're, we're talking about some of the things that like stick out to us and we're always trying to bridge that gap like some of the questions that you guys the listeners here are asking are some of the ones that we're trying to muse about here and all that And like there's a lot about this movie like the whole water scenes and Benicio Del Toro's appearance here and Teddy like there's lots of good aspects of this things that we're not going to dive into detail too and if there's a desire for that that's something we can do down the road but um, but guys I had a, I had a blast talking about, about indie here and like I could go on and on and on about this franchise and this character and you know I'd love to you know maybe revisit some of these things when Dial Destiny pops up on Disney Plus or something like that and or jump into some of the other indie films in a bit more detail because it is a franchise that i hold near and dear to to my heart and i was just very thrilled that like not only that we got a great movie but that we got to extend the experience here a little bit by talking with each other and and then talking about some of the uh like the suspension of disbelief is i think the word of the podcast like (laughs) it's like all right guys we're just gonna go here and just just roll with with indie here so like if if you can't do that you're not going to enjoy the film um you know there's there's i think i think for me
2: yeah i was going to say just quickly i I think thing for me that i've really enjoyed just talking about this movie is just the fact that no a lot of people aren't talking about the movie like a lot of people are Mm -hmm. talking about how well it's doing and the sales and i think we get so kind of mixed up in that now you know we're always talking about how, how much money something's making and how successful it is in comparing it to every other movie but people are just not really talking about the actual movies that much. And, you know, it's good to hear that actually people did enjoy this movie or aspects of it. And I think that's, that's the more important thing to share for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually an interesting point, Ian, because, you know, last week we did talk about like the fall of the flash, but it, the whole money aspect, you know, and like, Mind like Zeddy and I are part of the, the box office fantasy pool like it, it's something that, we, that we're concentrating on but like we're trying more and more here to dislocate those two discussions yeah. um, so that we're not talking about like putting that overprint of the box office on top of it before we actually talk about the film itself and kind of explore it mm-hmm. a little bit outside of the context and of the bounds of this idea like that was like that's the thing that's out there on everyone's mind is this only made 60 million dollars opening weekend and what does that mean for franchise? What does that mean for Lucasfilm and all this stuff? And it's like, whoa, whoa, before we ask those questions, well, Great. let's talk about the movie
2: first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's that stops people going to see the movie as well. It's so weird. 100%. You know, people, yeah, do yeah. people see how it's like, oh, other people didn't like it, I'm not going to go and see this movie. And it's just that they think people didn't like it just because not that many people have seen it. And there's so many things, as we talked about last week, there's so many other aspects, so many things in play here that it's not necessarily the quality of the movie or the enjoyment of the movie. There's so many other things that are going to bring down the success of a movie. And it's a shame, that's what I mean. Like, it's good for people to actually talk about these things that they really did enjoy and the kind of happiness that they can find in this media. And then maybe more people will start watching the movies.
0: Yeah yeah just have some fun with it guys like honestly like it's yeah. like there like any of these movies you can you can look at them with with whatever sort of goggles you want and you can pick a movie apart or we can just talk about things that we're like wait what is that or you know i had a fun with this and like that's the stuff like i always try to picture these conversations happening you know, you know, walk out of the theater like carlos and i did and we sat at a table and just like talked through stuff Well, oh, this was cool this was cool how does that connect what did that mean like that is the fun in all of this. And that's like we're trying to bring more and more and use the word review less here and use the word discussion more. Like this is about putting things on the table. The same questions that you guys are having out there that are listening and just kind of talking this through. So, you know, it's been been a riot. Zeddy, you know, we always love having you jump on for these yeah. conversations and you know, really appreciate you guys your you jumping on here. Um, so you know, if there's any last words you got. Mm-hmm. To have at it and also pump vigilante and everything else that you're doing
1: yeah no i i guess i'll just echo everything you guys said too you know i definitely think that at least for me i think this is a character that i personally would not like to see redone nor would i like mm-hmm. to see anybody other than harrison ford with that hat network you know i think this is something like back to the future where i think you kind of yes. just gotta let it let it just sit in history and you know and let other generations you know discover it as, as they may you know and End of the day too, like like, you know, your discussion last week, you know, on The Flash, you know, yes, we would always like we like to see the things that we love make money and be successful and you know, and yes, movies are by default just cash grab entertainment by by studios. That's what Hollywood is. But I like to think of it like, you know, they movies first and then they're mm-hmm. cash grab second. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's how we should kinda go about it. So it's an um, art than a business. Exactly, you know, you gotta you gotta separate the art from the You know, that that's it, it'll make things more enjoyable. Yes. for you, I would say too. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I would employ too. You know, because I did I did see some kids in my Indiana Jones screening too, which was nice. I I always like mm-hmm. to see a uh, younger generation kind of popping into movies that you know I may question whether or not this is either kid friendly or if kids would even want to see this. So that's always cool like that too. I kind of do appreciate that. Um, as far as where you guys can find me of course thank you two gentlemen as always for allowing me to talk some indiana jones with you um i'm on twitter at Zenick, and yes i do have a show that i co-host uh at vigilante 1929. it is a dc marvel star wars pop culture related podcast uh we drop shows weekly sometimes bi-weekly and that show is available anywhere you find your podcast at just search the show and you will find us thank you guys yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like Vigilante Boys, you guys, we always have a blast with you guys. And, you know, we we cover... It's it's funny because sometimes we cover similar topics, but a lot of times our podcasts are kind of like somewhat dislocated and you guys bring a different perspective. And you, you definitely bring a much more um intimate and all almost like very like extremely knowledgeable especially on on current right. movies everything that's coming out and all that stuff that you guys are able to bring mm-hmm. that context to where ian and i rely a lot on our nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> that's true. actually Ian sees a lot of movies, it movies. Still, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so ian brother you got any last words here before we sign off
2: no no it's just a really fun time talking and having a blast with you guys. Man, seeing seeing Zeddy here was a great surprise, and that's definitely going to be the highlight of my week. So thanks for joining us, Zeddy. Um yeah, and Great time as always. Thanks, Tim. Always fun talking about, especially stuff that we, you know, we we loved as children, mm-hmm. something that's kind of has a special place in, in our hearts and yeah, keep it, keep it happy, keep it positive and Look forward to to the next nostalgia hit with the Teenage Turtles coming oh,
1: soon.
0: Okay, like that is like which nice. people are <laughs> saying is phenomenal. Which I'm, oh, so I don't. That's about. like the yeah. surprise. Okay. Was right. not was not taken in the box office fantasy. Don't rem- please
1: don't remind it's me. It's the please, big please, miss. Please the big miss. I think. Stop reminding me. I took every other film, but the ones <laughs> that I should have taken. <laughs> I'm, not that. I'm not that. <laughs> You guys, you guys can catch
0: the weekly updates either uh, Sunday night or Monday uh, on, on my Twitter. I app don't want them. I don't move. want them.
1: I'll see. I'll, I'll see you January first. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be a big one. We may, I was
0: actually thinking about. It. I was actually thinking about proposing a a, li- a mid year live stream. <laughs> to kind of reflect back on it maybe after Barbie Oppenheimer and oh, um, no. <laughs> what's the other one that comes out. What well, I can't remember the oh uh Mr. Oppenheimer Apostle what's yeah. that what's
2: that movie? I haven't heard of that over oh. here.
0: <laughs> you won't hear about it in Japan, I can tell that much. But uh all right, you can you can find everything we do at the NerdRome.net if you want to have or be a part of these bigger conversations, you can always email us at the NerdRome at gmail.com and we'd just like to thank you guys for coming and joining us on this a bit of a nostalgic trip into Indiana Jones. We've been having a blast revisiting some of these movies and bringing you know, Carlos and Zeddy and all everyone just some a third opinion at the table here. So it's always always a blast to share and experience everything with you guys and with you, the listeners here. So we appreciate you guys coming back here every single Thursday to listen to the Nerd Room. So guys, with all of that being said, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Ian. And I'm Zeddy. Thank you so much for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Carlos, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and CDNCapedCrusadeR. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net and The Nerd Room YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room.